Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The Pittsburgh Steelers is never boring. My guest on this episode of Mike Drop here in the Believe Network, I'm sure, will agree with that statement. I'll lead us in with some music that was delayed for some reason there. Once again, this is Mike Drop on Believe. You can find us everywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, etc. Like, subscribe, find us on the channel as well, and check out everything that the Believe Network has to offer. I am going to be joined by my SportsNow colleague, Steelers beat writer for Steelers now, Alan Saunders, as we are going to talk what we have talked for years and years about the Steelers, some drama that involves the Pittsburgh Steelers, George Pickens, if that's a big deal, if that's not a big deal, how Najee Harris season has gone so far, how to evaluate that recently from before Kenny Pickett's season to date, trying to get, you know, logic and proper evaluation for these seasons, maybe some current odds surrounding the Steelers as they have been on a little bit of a winning streak with Pickett. And if it's better or not for them to crawl into the playoffs as the Steelers like to do, or, or maybe go back in the direction they were in prior to the last couple of weeks. So Alan, we're going to start with what kind of has been the, the toast of the conversation since the game against the Atlanta Falcons. And that is George Pickens, a very talented receiver who very oddly fans and media were kind of, agreeing after the draft this is a good pick especially where they got him tons of talent there there were rumblings though of maybe him being a diva receiver Steelers haven't really seen that too much until it creeps up a little bit recently or at least some think and you hear him or see him clearly wanting the football not getting the football as much as maybe he would want the football or he claims he's open and some plays look like he was open and Kenny Pickett missed him. Kenny Pickett's been better recently, but still going to miss receivers, going to deal with some growing pains. And Mike Tomlin had to speak on this. He gave the I'd rather woe than sick him comment that just fits this so perfectly. Is this a big deal? Is this not a big deal? Is this, you know, a Steeler fan dealing with PTSD from Antonio Brown and feeling like any comment is, is a diva receiver? Do they need to prioritize getting him the football more? Or is this just something that he's going to have to deal with? Where, where do you stand on the, I guess, big deal or no big deal and drama that has involved Pickens, right or wrong? It's not even like a small deal. I, it's nothing to me. I don't, I mean. Okay. He wants the ball. It's not like he's you know, yelling at his teammates for doing something wrong or, or yelling right. for the ball when he shouldn't want the ball. He wants the ball. He's supposed to want the ball. Yeah. Um. I, I it's a non-issue to me. I can't believe we're still talking about it a week <laughs> later. It's it's nothing. It's every single receiver in the league wants the ball. Um, yeah, and and he needs the ball more than one time a game. Like that needs to happen. Like it, how could you look at the Steelers' offense and they only have three good receivers? Like yeah, he's got to get the ball. So I mean, I understand why he's not, and there's some reasons it makes sense, but. They've got to do a better job of getting the well. Ball. So, what what are the reasons then, and and do they need to prioritize getting him the football? Because obviously, receiver is a position that I think why people think there are diva receivers and why they're always wrapped up into this. It's the one position in sports really that no matter how good you are, 
if somebody else isn't getting it done, you can't get it done. So that's innately going to elicit some frustration to defend all of them over the years. And he's still a talented receiver. They need to get the football because the offense still could certainly be better. So what are the reasons they haven't been getting in the football? And do they need to sit right now and say, Hey, I know we got to let the game unfold to us, but we literally got to, got to make sure this man gets the football. Well, I mean, I think it's just part of what they're trying to do for Kenny Pickett. They're trying to reduce the number of decisions he has to make, the number of reads he has to make. And so what they're doing is they're kind of giving him plays where based on the pre-snap look he's getting for the defense, he can just basically ignore one side of the field and say, okay, like whatever we have going on over to my left, like that's not where the ball's going to go because the way they're lined up with this defense and the play we have called, those aren't going to be the better matchups, right? The better matchups are going to be to my right. So he can sit there and say, okay, it's Deontay, it's Fryermuth. Oh, look, Pat's open. Boom, first down. And we saw a lot of that in that game. Fryermuth was awesome, right? I mean, it, it there's a direct correlation there. And Deontay got the ball a whole lot, even if he didn't do a lot with it when he got it. But, like, Johnson was open a lot. Fryermuth was open a lot because wow. the way they were playing, the, the calls that were coming in, the way the defense was playing, that meant Pickens wasn't. He, I mean, he was a little open sometimes, but Pickens isn't. Well, he was running down the field wide open in that game. Like, no, no. I think there were other times this season where some maybe thought that was the case earlier yeah, in the season. Yeah, maybe that was with earlier. Trubisky. It was not happening. But I will say. But is that not maybe how he's involved? That they've got to the put, disrupting. They've yeah. got to put some plays in that are just. This play is designed to get George Pickens open no matter what. Right? Okay. Like they, got, they need a couple of those. And, and I think if they put a couple. In fact, they do have a couple of them. We've seen a couple of them throughout the year. So they exist. Um, they gotta, they gotta put those in and they gotta run a couple of those, especially in a day where it just seems like, you know, the offense, it's sort of like this, you know, the offense puts out its position group first, right? The, 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 sure. the offense players substitute first, then the defense substitutes then the offense lines up, then the defense lines up like the, la- you know, the offense is always giving and then the defense is reacting. Right. And so while what's happening is the Steelers offense is giving, but they're giving the opportunity away for the, the, the defense to dictate where the ball is going to go and they're, right. because they don't want Kenny Pickett to have to do so much after the snap, but there's different ways they can do it to get George Pickens the ball. But man, like, look, we were talking two weeks ago about Deontay Johnson, not getting the ball. Literally yeah. two weeks ago, it was like a whole storyline. We talked for a whole week about why in the other day, because it's football and sometimes that shit happens. I mean, I don't know. Like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not, I mean, we'll obviously- be talking about why, why can't they throw the ball past Firemouth anymore? What happened? Right, right. Well, the other I mean, there, there, too. there is one, one thing that's a fact. fact. Everybody can't get the ball yeah, <laughs> all the time. They're, they're running the ball really well right now, and it's been one of the big difference makers right. in the revitalization of this offense over the last four weeks. We'll get there. Oh, run the ball. Yeah. That means there's going to be fewer balls out there to go around for the receivers. Yeah, and, and I do think this is something that everyone had to understand. I think maybe doesn't appear that everyone did understand this going into the Kenny, Kenny Pickett experiment. And once you made him the starter, you stick with him. There are going to be growing pains, and you're not going to be able to necessarily do the same things as if you had, say, Ben in his prime dealing with these new receivers. Even last year, Ben could sit there and be like, well, hey, yeah. this play I'm throwing to this receiver, this play I'm yeah, right. throwing to this receiver. And I don't care do what that. the defense right. is doing. I'll make that happen anyway. Like, Kenny's right. just not – there yet yeah yeah and and it does 
again, it, it does have to be understood that not every receiver is going to get the football in every single play, even if it's drawn up for them. You did mention Deontay Johnson, though, talking with Alan Saunders of Steelers now. Mike drop on the Believe Network. Now, George Pickens, in terms of how he plays, is going to get a benefit of the doubt. He is a rookie. It is an impact position. He was open earlier in the season, wasn't getting the ball. Maybe he's a volcano that was ready to erupt because you miss him once and he just explodes. It's going to be calmed down. The players aren't mad at him. So they would rather a receiver want the ball than not want the ball. Again, well, then sick him. But as far as Deontay, we're looking at a veteran receiver who's been in the league for years, who finally got a lot more money than he had before, but others argued that based on the market value, he kind of lost that argument on whether he's a one or not based on what he ended up receiving. He's still the veteran receiver that they would like to step up to be that wide receiver one if they're going to have one. He had drop issues that he cleaned up, but then they've kind of crept back. Now he's just missing opportunities altogether. It's been a rough season for Deontay Johnson. Why do you think this has unraveled in a negative direction for Deontay? Is he being exposed to what he always was? Is this just a bad year? What's going on with Deontay Johnson? Because, again, it's been a rough season for him, and he had a lot of pressure to step up this year and a lot of opportunities to be the guy this year. Yeah, I don't really think that it's, you know, I'm not really super surprised by what we've seen from Deontay Johnson this year. I, I think this is kind of, you know, largely who he is. The pro, I mean, he's open on every single play. And, you know, the Steelers do not have this dynamic passing offense that really is built to get the best out of a player like that. I mean, I okay. think if you traded Deontay Johnson to Tampa Bay, it'd have 2,000 yards right now. Okay. Even given the season he's had right now, like okay. even even dropping ten percent of his passes, I think it'd have two thousand yards right now. Right. The Steelers just don't have what Deontay Johnson needs to thrive as an offense. Where I mean, look, they have two different quarterbacks. They they have a rookie quarterback. Uh, they have a very suspect offensive line that makes that sort of precision quick passing game. Like the one pass that, that people were telling me that Deontay Johnson dropped the other day. I mean, it's like a crossing route. He's coming across. He's hidden behind the offensive line as Pickett is like ducking and like throwing like this, like, like ducking around the offensive lineman that's getting pushed back into his face. The ball's on him. He never even sees it, throws his hands up at the last second. Like, How's that in him? Like the, the timing of the play was yeah. so far off that, like, I mean, maybe he could have like mirac miraculously thrown <laughs> up in the air and it hit him. But right. like, <laughs> when you're that kind of player, when you're just I'm open, there's timing that that is that takes time to build a rapport and to develop into that. Like, it's George Pickens is never open and it doesn't matter. You just throw it down there and assume that he's going to be the bigger, stronger, right. more physical, more aggressive guy. And he's going to go up and get the ball. And it doesn't matter. There's no timing to that. You yeah. Just, I, I, it's, right. it's like the meme from uh, Kyler Murray a couple of years ago, right? <laughs> he hopped down there somewhere. Woo, throw the ball. Yeah. There I think goes. that's why fans want him to just get, want the yeah. Steelers to prioritize but, him more. But he'll Deontay catch John, the offense that utilizes Deontay Johnson is that like Tom Brady offense, right? It's timing. Yeah. It's yeah. precision. You know, yeah. we're only talking about five yard passes for most of the time, right? Most of his routes are five yards. So if you're not completing them at a high percentage, it doesn't work that well, right? You, and, and they're just not. They're not on the same page. Their timing isn't right. The offensive line hasn't blocked well enough to – I mean, the whole first half of the season, people were talking about, why don't they throw slants? I was like, because there's hands where they need to be throwing those slants. 
right? There's people in the way, and and it doesn't work if the if the line doesn't block passing lanes where they need to be for you to complete those slants. Kenny's not six five. He's not Ben Roethlisberger. He's got to right. go through the line, not over it. So it just there's a lot going on that is. But I think Deontay is basically doing what people ex- that the people that signed his checks. He's basically doing what they expect him to do. Okay. I don't think there's any buyer's remorse from the Steelers right now about signing Deontay Johnson to that contract. If Ben was still there or you had a quarterback that wasn't a rookie dealing with growing pains, would this be different for Deontay even on the Steelers? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, okay. even like Mitch was not that accurate, right? Like that was sort of the 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 problem, even though he was a veteran guy and maybe could have been a little bit better positioned to sort of orchestrate that kind of offense. His his completion percentage was just low. Like it wasn't it was the ball wasn't getting where it needs to be. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think with a different kind of quarterback and maybe Kenny Pickett will become that kind of quarterback. Maybe not. Maybe I think that will be the real tell, right? Is if Kenny never becomes the kind of quarterback that allows the Steelers to run that kind of rhythm, quick passing offense that Deontay is so good at, then maybe you could say, well, this this signing was a waste, right? Because obviously you're not just going to throw out Kenny Pickett because he can't right. do the thing that you need to do to maximize Deontay Johnson, but you just have two parts that don't go together, right? So I think that would be the point that you would say this was a, a bad decision, but I don't think we're anywhere near uh that that point to, to say that right now no and, and somewhere else that we're not near like it or not for apparently some Steeler fans is the Steelers doing any type of serious evaluation of Kenny Pickett over the long haul he's going to be with the Steelers for the long term he's going to be a, a project for them for many years that's why he was a first round pick they're in love with him they still are I'm sure and he has shown signs of improvement so if you're not seeing that you're definitely not trying to see it the last few weeks it's been good enough for the Steelers to win but also, it's a buck 97 in a 1916 win that the Steelers are coming off of 16 or so completions. He's showing signs of improvement, but it's still not lights out football that maybe some were expecting or some are still talking about for him. So for you as someone who covers this team, has been covering it for a while, what's the true evaluation of Kenny Pickett? What have you seen in terms of when he first got in there and it was interception waiting to happen every play to now and how is that going to also connect to the offensive coordinator and Matt Kanda? Because there were some recent comments that some now believe that if Pickett continues on this path of at least playing some mistake-free football and they do at least be respectable the rest of the season, that could save Matt Kanda's job when earlier in the year it appeared, okay, they're not going to do it mid-season, that won't do anything, but he's definitely gone at the end of this year. That might not be a thing anymore based on Pickett's progression. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, I think, Pickett's he's not letting the world on fire, right? Like, let's not make too much of, of him being better. But like offensive rookie of the year is not happening. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, and 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 you look at like like it's hard to be a good rookie quarterback. It's very hard. But also, like Brock Purdy had a better game in his half uh, last week than Pickett has had yet, right? And he was the last pick of the draft. So, like it, it could it be better? Absolutely. Uh, is the offensive scheme working great? I don't think so. But the Steelers just have like, – they just don't have a dynamic offense. It's not just Kenny Pickett. Like, the, the, the line is getting better um, and playing together better, but, like, there's no there's no supreme talent there. Um, they're, I, I love the Chase Claypool trade for what it does for this team okay. in the long haul, but, like, you can't say the receivers are even average anymore um, w- w- without him there. And, you know, I, I just think – they're a work in progress and um 
as long as that's continuing to progress, I think you feel good about it, right? I mean, like, nobody's satisfied with where they are, but as long as they keep moving in the right direction, I think it's a good thing. I think Pickett's gotten much better taking care of the ball. I think a lot of that was on him, um, you know, just trying to do too much, I think. I think he's kind of figured out that there's a time and a place to be aggressive and, and how to do that a little bit smartly, uh, more smartly. And then, uh, you know, I, I think we've seen – him do a better job of extending plays to throw and not just running from the pocket when you get pressure. I think we've seen a much, much better. Uh, and, and that will lead to some bigger plays, I think, as his receivers get on the get on the same page with him for that scramble drill. Like, saw that two-point conversion to Pickens uh, against Indianapolis. Like, that's the kind of play that's like, hey, there's Kenny Pickett. That's, that's what this guy can bring to the table. And, and I think we're going to see more of that as the season goes on. But, you know, I mean, there's it's not going to be straight up either. There's going to be bad games in there, too. Um, tough matchup this week. Two really good corners, solid Baltimore defense. Like, I, I think this could be a struggle. Yeah, and, and as you know, Mike Tomlin, you know, after the game is going to say, old school AFC North football, I didn't expect 300 yards passing from the QB. That's not how this rivalry goes. Like, they're going in thinking this isn't the week to probably have the explosion that the pit offense showed. But there yeah, have been signs of like 10-9 if he can. Right, right. Yeah, Tom, well, Tomlin will take any score, obviously, but especially against the Ravens. And it almost appears sometimes he secretly wants a low-scoring, like, smash-mouth AFC North football type of game because he's going to bring it up and call it that regardless. But there's been improvement from Kenny Pickett, for sure. Do you think there's been improvement to the end of his relationship with Matt Kanda and that saving Matt Kanda's job in some people's eyes, or are they separate entities? Are there things that you're still seeing that, that kind of tell you, Hey, Pickett's improving, but that's because of Pickett. Matt Candace still might not, not be the guy for this, this offense or. Here's my thing with Matt Canada. I feel like Matt Canada was not the Kenny Pickett coordinator, right? When they hired Matt Canada, they were, they were making a plan for after Ben Roethlisberger and the plan was they were going to go sign a, a free agent veteran quarterback. They're going to rely on their defense, rely on their running game and try to piece things together. Maybe get like a little bit of a unique system in place and be the Baltimore Ravens, right? Like that's, that's what they were looking for right now. Maybe the uniqueness isn't having a quarterback that's a better runner than most teams running backs, but like just be a little bit different, rely on running the ball, have a good defense and have a great kicker and and win some low scoring games. Like, I think that was the game plan for the after Ben uh time period. They had no idea that they would get their first pick of quarterbacks in the 2022 draft at number 20 until it happened, right? 100%. And, and, and yeah. then that happens and they get Kenny and Mitch wasn't working out so well. I think Canada scheme isn't working out so well and they changed, right? So this is now plan B and I just think if if you, they had been if the plan all along had been to go draft a rookie quarterback in 2022 and make him be the future of the franchise, I don't think they would have hired Matt Canada in the first place because you don't want a guy who has never had success at this level as a coordinator being the guy that's trying to lead a rookie to do the same thing, right? If, if the, the best way to do by your investment as a number one overall, uh, number one pick is to put him with a guy that's done it before and that that's had success before. Yeah. And so to me, I feel like, that still exists, no matter how much better the offense looks going down the stretch, no matter how much Pickett does develop under Canada, no matter how much they love their relationship with each other. I do think that the best thing for the Steelers for Kenny Pickett would be to go find somebody that has had some success and and pay them to be his 
coordinator. But uh, I don't, you know, there aren't a million of those guys around. They're not always available. So it's not like I'm th- I- I'm at the point now where I think um, if you asked me six weeks ago, I would have thought there was no chance of Matt Canada coming back. Now I'm thinking, well, if they can get a real upgrade, then they, they might, but they also might not. They might not see anybody out there that they think brings those things to the table. And then if, if you're not doing that, you're just making change for change's sake. That's why I argued you don't want to do that um, in the middle of the season. Uh, just all change for change's sake is going to do is set Pickett's <laughs> development back. And and I, I don't think right. that helps anybody. So if they can get a real upgrade, and especially someone that's been there and done that, I, I, I would lean towards more likely than not that they would do that. But I'm not sure that they will. And I certainly think it's possible that Canada's back in 2023 now. Yeah, I didn't think it was possible at all weeks ago, but now I definitely think it's in play. And also, if they're going to have a conversation with Kenny Pickett at the end of the season and, and ask him, hey, how do you feel? How did you like this relationship? How's it working for you? It appears Kenny Pickett might be saying some positive things about the relationship now. So that'll be a plus for Matt Kanda. And and Kenny Pickett went through a progression at Pitt, as you know, where he became a Pitt legend. But at the beginning of the time, even at the middle of the time, a lot of Pitt fans weren't thrilled with Kenny Pickett. And the Pitt defenders back then were saying, well, his development, Pitt's not doing what they can to develop this guy. He's dealing with incontinuity. You don't want to then do that in the NFL in the beginning as well. Because you're not going to get five years to, to, to get it done necessarily in the NFL, even though, yeah, he's the first round pick. He's the only quarterback that was taken the first round this past year. And I'm home, totally on board with, with the theory that they in no way planned. They were in love with him, but they in no way thought he would be there or planned that he would be there. He fell in their lap and they couldn't resist. And it's definitely kind of taken them off the course. But now you're not going to change. You're going to ride with Pickett. He's improving. We'll see how that works with Matt Kanda. Before we get to some odds here, talking with Alan Saunders of Steelers now, I do want to ask you about Najee Harris because he's part of this whole thing too. You mentioned him a bit earlier. The offensive line was really, really bad two years ago, was really bad last year, maybe a little better this year, but still not nearly perfect. He has actually been running better the last couple weeks. And people like ourselves have kind of I guess, got off his back, literally speaking, in terms of criticizing him because the numbers have got better. He said he was hurt earlier in the season, but when you're a first-round running back, unlike every other position, because we both were talking about this during a draft show at the time of the draft, you don't have time to really wait around. Like, you got to figure the guy's an immediate impact guy. You're probably not signing him to the second deal. That's why people thought you don't go running back when the offensive line is having these problems. You still have an offensive line having problems. He's getting a little bit better, but... Do you see enough from him to believe he can legitimize that draft pick? He can be part of when this team really gets good with Pickett, if that does occur. And how has he been able to kind of turn this around the last few weeks? Is it just health or is this maybe isolated games that don't really tell the story? And he still is still just an average runner that they shouldn't have drafted in the first round. Well, I, I think he's running better. He's definitely healthier. He was very clearly not healthy at the beginning of the year. I think we're seeing more um, more like the Najee Harris from last year where he was hitting the backfield on every single play but still able to sort of rescue it into something most of the time. Um, I, I really think that's kind of the guy he can be. As far as whether that guy will ever be worth the draft pick they used on him, I think probably not. I mean, I just I, – I don't I – don't, I never have thought that. I thought it was a mistake at the time and it will continue to be, but I think he can be a good player for him and an above average running back. Um, if they can block a little bit better for him, maybe he could be even further above average. But look, I mean, I think this group is blocking about as well as it's capable of, right? Like I don't, Yeah. Like, they've gotten better. Um, they're definitely more in sync. 
but there's just not there's not a pro bowler out there right there's not a pro bowl vote out there probably like no not but one right, <laughs> right like right. that's like that's that yeah. should be telling you like what you're getting is what you're gonna get like that that's so i don't know i think they need to go into the draft and seriously find a way to inject major talent into that line um i don't know if they will if they can do that then can Najee then at that point be uh, the kind of player that people thought he was going to be when he came out of the draft? Yeah. But if doing so is wholly predicated on you spending another first round pick to make it work, <laughs> then it probably wasn't worth it. <laughs> so, sort of this circular argument. Yeah. That, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't see any way out of, but yeah, I mean, I, I think he can be a lot better than he is right now. And he's what, what he is right now is pretty good. Uh, but I still don't think that they will ever, uh, get to a point where you're going to look and be like, ha, ah, people hated that draft pick, and now look, ah, that's not that's not happening. I think you hit the nail on the head, though. At any time in a walk of life, if in order to legitimize your hire, you need to hire somebody else who's basically with the similar resume or clout or stature of you, that takes away your hire a little bit. Like, that doesn't like, – that, yeah. that, 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 that pretty much kind of puts you, yeah, behind the behind the eight ball there. And that's kind of what people are saying, that you should go line instead of running back, and now you got to draft a line to help the running back. And they've been a little better recently too, which might be how he's been better, which then wouldn't speak to him necessarily being better individually. But the numbers are there, Alan Saunders of Steelers now. Again, mic drop on the Believe Network, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, tune in, like, subscribe, download this and all of our shows here throughout Believe now, I do want to get to some odds here, and this is off Caesars Sportsbook. The Steelers now are plus 1,000 to make the playoffs and minus 1,900 to miss. This is a team that now has won a couple games in a row, not exactly against the best of competition out there, talking about Indy, you're talking about Atlanta. Yet, three, four weeks ago, these odds were just not even on the board. And people pretty much wrote this team off altogether, especially when you went to a rookie quarterback and you know you're going to deal with those growing pains. We'll get to if it's best for them to get in in a moment. But what are your thoughts on their chances to actually get in? And do you like any of these odds in terms of get in? Or are you still on the side of maybe not get in? The landscape's not as brutal as maybe some thought entering this season, and they now have been winning. This is even a winnable game coming up because of the Lamar injury. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, the, the problem is, is that so much of their, um, chance to win is tied up in what other people do. I mean, that they're so far behind the eight ball, um, that like, I think they're probably going to go like four and one these last five games, which okay. would put them in a position to make the playoffs, but they're yeah. in a position to still need a whole bunch of other stuff to happen to make the playoffs. So plus a thousand, I'm not loving it. Like I, I don't, if you think they're going to go four and one though, that doesn't sound too bad. I, I still don't, I still don't think I love, like I just don't, okay. I don't think, um, would you take the money on miss then there? They still got odds for missing to it at minus 1900, according to Caesars. Um, like I, I like that better, but it's probably still like, that's probably pretty good. I, I think I okay. would take, I would take miss at, at minus 1900. If you look at um, 538 right now, they say there's 7% chance of making the playoffs. Um, so that's like implied odds somewhere around like, right. Plus 1300. Okay. Or uh, the other way around minus 1300. So like, I think 1900 is a better bet than a thousand, but, um, 
I'm not sure I'd really be jumping for joy to spend a lot of money on either of those. Um, I just don't see the point in betting things that are minus 1900. Like. I, yeah, that's true. Although when you're betting at this point in the season, especially teams that weeks ago were kind of out of things or it so appeared, you're looking, you're not going to bet on the bills to, to, to <laughs> yeah. call in. You want to bet on a team that you think, like, for example, if the Steelers and Packers, two historic franchises that are usually there, both started off really, really slow, one with a rookie, one with one with a, a veteran Hall of Famer who might be towards the end, if they somehow would crawl in, those odds you figure would have been so bad. If you would have bet two weeks ago the Steelers were going to crawl in, that would have been, you know, solid money coming your way. But it just doesn't feel like the team's good enough, regardless of the landscape and what happens. I think that's kind of where we are. are. Like, this team doesn't scream a playoff team even if you got everything else going on, but you're dealing with injuries. You're dealing with a landscape that's not proving to be all that elite. You're telling me four and one could be a thing here coming up. I mean, they're believing uh, they're, they're certainly believing right now. And if you really want to get wild here, plus 15,000 for AFC title from DraftKings. So they, uh, they yeah, they're still, on it, yeah, yeah. Once they get in, it's going to be clearly one and done. I do want to ask you here to wrap things up. And this is a question that kind of been a debate all throughout the season. Once it appeared the Steelers season was unraveling and, and and most people didn't predict this to be a championship season by any means entering the year, whether it be Mitch or Kenny that finished. But once it appeared that everyone unanimous, even the most optimistic fan was realizing, OK, this is going to be potentially a rough season. You, you kind of thought one way. Now they have picked up a little bit of a steam to maybe be able to crawl in where we're able to talk for a few minutes about could they crawl in and it actually be something that we're wondering. But at the end of the day. Is it better for this team to finally miss the playoffs to actually have a below 500 record under Mike Tomlin for the first time ever with a, a rookie quarterback who then will be in his second year next year? You get a better spot for the draft. You can improve this team. They need to do, still do a lot to make this team better around him. Or is there something to be gained by winning with Pickett, however you are, regardless of what the numbers are, galvanizing the team, as Tomlin will say, and learning from that and crawling in, even if it means you get blown out right away? Well, I think – like. If they were still playing Mitch Trubisky, I think you made a good argument for it be be being better for the team to lose. I think now that you got Kenny Pickett, especially with who's on the schedule, like how's it good for the team if Kenny Pickett loses to Baltimore, Carolina, without Lamar Jackson, Carolina, Las Vegas? Like, even if Kenny's playing mediocre, they should win these next three. Like, that's so, like, so basically, it's not like the question is not. Should the Steelers get a good draft pick or a bad draft pick? Your question is, uh, do you want the Steelers to get a good draft pick or do you want Kenny to play good? Because you right. can't have both of those things, right? If Kenny plays <laughs> good, they're going to get a lower draft pick. If Ken, like not like the running game is what it is, the defense is what it is. Like I guess maybe like TJ Watt could get hurt. I don't think anybody's going to be rooting for that either. Like the like the the non catastrophic things that could happen to the Steelers to cause them to lose more of these games than they're going to win just don't exist like that's that's it like all those things are bad so those all those things are way worse than picking 10th instead of 15th like whatever just i i think you know um and like they're not they're already well out of range of like getting a top three pick like that's not yeah. all right I, I i was gonna say back when prior to these last couple games it was a top five draft pick that looked like a real thing because this team was just puttering and the schedule looked a little stronger than it now. For the record, it never looked like a real thing to me. 
Right. So, but, but like that was more, if, if you're going to tell me that they're going to get a top five draft pick, that might be a different conversation, but if they're going to get a top 15 draft pick versus a top 17 draft pick or a top 13 draft pick, especially when trades can happen. And we've seen that before, if they're really in love with somebody, you're going to get a similar guy in those spots then. Yeah. And especially when you, with, with the schedule that you're, you know, you have coming up based on what we've seen around the league, if you're losing to some of those teams based on some of those circumstances, you're likely leaving the game thinking, oh, we got to evaluate a lot of things. Like, that shouldn't be happening. This team's losing everybody. They're blowing games, and we are the team that they're somehow looking better against. That's not a good vibe. So uh, you don't want those vibes right now for sure. Yeah, and there's just no uh, – I don't I don't see any other way, right? Like, I, would it be great if they could get a higher draft pick and what's going to be a wasted season? Sure, but it's just, it's not going to happen. You you hit your wagon to Kenny Pickett and you're going to go as far as he can take you. And I think right now that's going to be to about nine and eight. So we'll see. Yeah. And, 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 and funny enough, if that does occur, then it continues the path of putting that on the Boston Canton one day that this head coach never had a losing season because that is something the Steelers care about. Mike Tomlin cares about will always be a talking point and is a positive thing. That is a feather in his cap because that, that cannot be said otherwise, regardless of what you think of Mike Tomlin. And for that to continue in the midst of this year with a rookie quarterback after starting with a veteran that didn't get it done, uh, that would be a, a positive end of the year because that also would mean probably some progression of Kenny Pickett. And I do think, Alan, we probably would agree. The one thing that Steeler fans want to root for at the end of this season, however it finishes record-wise, is Kenny Pickett has improved for you, is giving you positivity to progress. I don't think anyone thinks he's going to be a pro bowler this year, obviously, or reasonably shouldn't, but you don't want to leave the year thinking, oh, now I'm no longer sold on Pickett because he had six right, games the, in a row with four picks. That's the worst game. possible outcome, right? right the worst right. possible outcome is you leave the season on, man, Kenny's just not it. We got to go back to the drawing board. Sure, that would that'd like, be that's horrible. the worst possible outcome. And that's right. the only way you're going to lose a bunch of these games. So I, I just I, – I don't see it happening. Yeah, yeah, I don't see that happening either. I think he's definitely shown enough recently to make you think that's not going to happen if you did weeks earlier. And yeah, that would ruin – talking about the draft and the plan – that would be like plan F and that would be a catastrophic plan because that would mean the last two years were irrelevant and you just got to start all over and who knows what you're going to get and, and, and what's going to happen out there. Alan, I definitely appreciate the time. Always great to be talking with you. I'm sure I will be again. So Alan Saunders there again of Steelers now as this was another episode of Mike Drop here on the Believe Network. Again, like, subscribe, download all of our shows here at Believe. I'm Mike Osti. There's always reason for intrigue and drama around the Pittsburgh Steelers, but uh, things have got better. So if you're a member of Steeler Nation, there, there's at least that for sure in, in this kind of season of needing people to realize that there's life in the NFL outside of having a Hall of Fame quarterback. Because I don't know if Steeler fans really were aware of what this, this could be like. Yeah, try to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's something to enjoy if you enjoy the Asinine. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.